The storm doesn't love you. The storm doesn't love you. But the Lord of the storm does love you. Hey everyone, welcome to Sunday Recap, a podcast where we're going to be talking about the sermon from Sunday morning and talking about how to apply that to our life. And so I uh, want to welcome you to this is episode one of the Sunday Recap. Uh, my name is Chris McLaughlin. I'm the discipleship pastor at Stones Crossing Church. With us today uh, is our, uh, this is going to be our panel, our, our, our people that we're going to be chatting with every single week. This is, uh, which I'm super excited about just to be able to spend some time, uh, some more time with them. So uh, Ariel, Ariel Eldridge is here. She's our connections director. So hi, Ariel. How are you? Hey, Chris. I'm great. <laughs> Good. Uh, and Mitch Green, our missions pastor. You know, we're we're in a very interesting time in our world right now. Everybody is basically just staying home. Um, it's the middle of the coronavirus kind of quarantine thing. We just had an issue from um, our governor uh, this week that uh, a lot of non-essential services, uh, they're asking them to shut down and stay home. And so everybody's home. Uh, so... Yeah, it's just been a really weird time. How has it been for you guys and your family? Oh, we are um, playing lots of board games. Lots of board games going on at the Eldridge House. <laughs> nice. What's the, what is the, uh, the board game of choice right now? Well, Catan arrived yesterday from Amazon. And um, so far there's like, we, it took us a while to kind of get the hang of all the pieces and all the things, but now um, it's getting a little ruthless with the trading for the resources. So that's, that's been fun. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love Catan. That's so good. Uh, Mitch, what's going on with you guys at your place? We're doing good, man. Um, I think, I think it's harder for JC than me because of me. So my wife loves to stay home. But I love to see people. So I think like like when I came home yesterday, I sat down in the chair while she was working in our office and she looked at me and she said, you're going to be OK. <laughs> like, like you will be fine having to stay home. Um, and and so, no, I mean, we're doing good trying to figure out how we can make food out of different things in our pantry. You know, I think I think I think tonight we have like like week old cottage cheese and we found some old lasagna noodles and we're like, there we go. We're making lasagna tonight. Like, cause we're just trying to make food with whatever we got. Stay around lots of walks outside. Um, yeah. Yeah. Trying to stay like productive, but not, you know, at the same time also relax, um, in the midst of this. So we're doing all right. Yeah. We're, we're, um, I, I've got, I've got four kids at home and we've got a three-year-old who's potty training. And so we're like, let's take advantage of this time and get him potty trained. That's, that's, <laughs> that's kind of what we've been focusing on, but we've got a lot of board games. Um, I'm in the middle of a class online too. So I've been spending some time doing a class. So it's, it, yeah. So, uh, just trying to do some things to pass the time. Uh, but at the same time, it's been some really great, I mean, for our house, it's been some really great family time as well. Um, which has been awesome. I've really been appreciative of that. So, um, so yeah, it's been just a really interesting time for us for sure. Um, well, you know, as we go through this podcast, you know, we're, we're going to, our goal with this is to release one of these every week, uh, every Wednesday, we want to come back to the sermon 
and talk about the passage and uh, just talk through that a little bit more and see um, how we can unpack that some more, talk about how that applies to our life even more, um, and um, give you some encouragement as we're uh, as we're um, kind of walking through all of this together. So, um, so this last week was, um, man, just an incredibly poignant sermon. Uh, so Scott walked through Mark chapter four, verses 35 through 41. This is Jesus calms the storm. Um, I thought what we, what we do is, um, can we just start by, uh, by reading the, the passage again? I think that might be helpful. Um, maybe just start by reading the passage and then, and then let's talk a little about, uh, a little bit about it. Um, Ariel, would you be up for, for reading that? Okay. So this is Mark chapter four, verses 35 through 41. On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side and leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. And on other boats and other boats were with him and a great windstorm arose and the waves were breaking into the boat so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion, and they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we're perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. He said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Awesome. Yeah, thank you. Um, you know, this passage, when I first, uh, I, I didn't know this is what Scott was going to preach on this week. And when I first heard, I was like, man, this is really perfect for what the world is going through right now. Um, mm-hmm. one of the things that Scott said right from the outset, it really comes back to this idea of faith. Cause you know, right there in verse, um, in verse 40, Jesus, you know, he's talking with his disciples. He says, have you still no faith? Uh, a, a lot of what we're dealing with, uh, the the fears that we have, the anxiety that we have, it really, it comes down to to faith. It, it it comes down to are we trusting God in the midst of all this stuff? And so Scott said, this is a quote from from his uh, uh, sermon. He said, "Faith is the key to getting through what we're going through." What do you think? What do you think he means by that? Or how does that connect to what we're what we're dealing with right now? Yeah, I, th- I think, I mean, ultimately, it's just the reminder that, you know, we, we have to rely on God. Um, I, I remember at the end of Scott's sermon, you know, he said, you know, it's once once everything is stripped away and all you're left is with God, you realize that you need to rely on him. And I think for many of us, um, we're just seeing our world get rocked. We're seeing financial struggles. We're seeing, um, you know, people getting sick. We're fearful of what's to come and we're left just um, with no other option but to rely on God. And it really forces you um, to say, okay, am I going to lean into God or am I going to pull away? Um, and and I think that's kind of the, the crux of the situation that we're at right now is, you know, we as Christians need to be leaning into God and relying on him in the midst of um, this trial that we're in. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's really interesting that the whole book of Mark um, beforehand is giving a case for why we can trust in him um, and who Christ is and why he's worthy of our trust because he is God um, and he is sovereign. And I think that's where Scott was going with his message. It was just really beautiful to make that case for our people that we can trust him to um, 
because he is he has shown himself time and time again to be trustworthy um, and that's certainly being put to the test right now for us um, but even faith is a gift um, so that's pretty amazing that you know we're not when when we're relying on faith to um, to get us through it's not something that we just have to like muster up you know as Americans like to do we don't like to or we like to um, work harder at something but but faith is something that um, that we have as a gift because our God is worthy of it and has proved himself. Yeah, yeah Chris, Chris, I got a question for you. So, you know, yeah. maybe it would be good, you know, what? give me like your two-sentence on-the-spot definition of faith. What is faith for people? I, I just, oh, just thinking about, <laughs> no, because I, I mean, I think yeah. that's what we're all leaning into, but I think yeah. that's... I think that's a good question because the, the the issue is that I think a lot of times we we get faith confused with feelings. Like uh, you know, we we jump into a, an idea of maybe faith is is just feeling at peace or feeling secure or feeling um, like I can trust God. And I don't think that's what faith is. Um, faith is is definitely not a feeling because the way that the Bible talks about it over and over again, it's it's more certain than that. It's it's more sure than that. Like um, Hebrews eleven one is really, I mean, that's the passage to go to when it comes to talking about faith. It says, um, and and this is the one I've memorized from a kid when I was a kid is the NIV version, but it's a. Uh, uh, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. So there's sure and certain, um, and and so faith is not uh, something that's that's based on feelings uh, that kind of flow back and forth um, based on just whatever circumstances are happening in our life. Faith is something that is a, a, a surety. You know, we 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 can be certain of these things. Um, my the the second part of it too is like, you know, so if it's not a feeling, what is it? Um, well, it's being sure in God. It's being sure in his promises to us. Um, you guys remember that? Uh, so uh, Pastor Derek did a sermon. This was a, a little while back, maybe about a year ago. And he, he did a sermon where he talked about faith and talked about how faith was um, uh, made up of three things, right? Like it's made up of the knowledge of the object of the faith. It's made up of a, an assent or an agreement with that uh, object of the faith. And then, but then it's also a trust. It's like a complete trust where like you're, you know, if you have like a chair basically is the illustration and, and you could have this concept, you have a knowledge of what a chair is. You can have that knowledge, but that's not faith. You can agree that the, that the chair can hold you up. <laughs> right. But it's not really faith until you're sitting in the chair. Um, and, and I think that's, that's what faith is. It's, it's, it's putting your, your trust in the object of, of your faith. And in this case, the object is God, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that ties into to, to what Ariel was saying, you know, the, why do we have faith? What, what's the point of the book of Mark? Well, it's, it's showing, you know, why we can have faith in Jesus. Um, and so, you know, you see, you see the question even posed, to them. It says, why are you so afraid? You still have no faith. And I think that's, that's kind of what Scott's getting at is, you know, okay, we can have faith in God in the midst of this storm. Um, we can have confidence in him. Um, we can look to his word and we can see where God's proven, um, to be for his people. And then we can walk in that faith. 
Um, so yeah, I really appreciate your, your definition. That's super helpful. I think sometimes we get into this, this thing with this, where we start to question ourselves. We start to question our faith and we start to ask ourselves, how do I know that I even have faith? Um, you know, uh, I'm, I am sure that there are people out there that are listening that are, that have wondered this. Um, I'm sure that there's people out there that are listening that are wondering, uh, you know, how can they, how can they trust God in the midst of all of this stuff that's going on? So Chris, I made, um, I was just thinking through like an observation of the, of the word here, um, that right before, um, verse 35, uh, Jesus talks about the mustard seed and uses that as a parable for the kingdom of God. Um, and it's so interesting that, you know, elsewhere, the mustard seed is used as imagery for faith being small. Um, but then he also uses this mustard seed as a an image for the kingdom and how it's starting out small with him showing up as a human, completely unexpected. And then... Um, how the kingdom is just going to grow, 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 grow until it's culmination of his return. And I think that's part of our assurance is just knowing that um, all of these events that we're part of is the growing of this mustard seed of the kingdom that is going to come to culmination later um, in the fullness of time when Christ comes back. And we can look forward to that um, because that will be um, that will be amazing. Absolutely. And like, and like, I mean, this is all part of trusting the promises of God. We, we believe um, as Christians that Christ is returning and we can trust that we could trust that. We believe even in the here and now that God's going to take care of our needs. He's going to provide for us and we can, we can trust in that. Um, so there, I mean, there's just so much, uh, there's so many promises that uh, the Lord has given us in scripture. And, and it's about really taking him at his word. Do we believe his word is what we're, what we're asking. One of the things you know that Scott brought up, and and this is a big topic, but I, I, I want to dig into it just a little bit. Uh, the first point that Scott made was that we are in this storm by His appointment. Um, how did that land on you guys? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, first of all, that's hard for us to even comprehend that um, that each of these things, these events, are part of a bigger plan. Um, but we know that our God's fully good. And I love how um, Scott, you know, he obviously went to Romans 8 um, and talked about how all things work for the good of those who are called according to God. You know, um, so we can trust in that and use this faith to know that this is part of a big, big plan. Right. Um, but I think that already it's easy to see some of this um, come to fruition here in just little moments, like you were talking about spending all that extra family time at home. Um, I know that for a lot of people, this is going to be really rough right now because maybe home life is rough. Um, but I think that, um, I think that God is up to something big. And I, I think that as we see God's right. word preached, um, digitally more and more over these weeks that we're not out able to gather together in our building, um, we've just already seen God move so much, um, in the hearts and minds of people. Um, online as they responded to the gospel of just um, being together in this, in this weird, uncertain time. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's interesting to see God use rough things, hard yeah. things. Um, but he said in his word that he's going to use it and work it together for the good. So 
Yeah, I, I think I think what you said there that's really important, um, and Scott did a really good job of detailing this out, but just, okay, the source of the storm, you know, when we say that by his appointment, we aren't necessarily saying that God is the source of the pain and the hurt that's being brought on everyone. And what we're saying, you know, the storm may be due to bad decisions, the storm may be due, you know, to the enemy, the storm may be due because we live in a broken world. But the fact is that God is the Lord of the storm, that God is in control. Um, And that's what we can rest in is that, yes, you know, his word says he will work out this storm for the good of those who love him. And so it's in the midst of this trial. We're not looking to God, blaming God. You know, we can ask him why (laughs) and we can we can really, really wonder why, you know, and sit in that. And that's a good, healthy thing to do, you know, to voice our fears and frustrations with God, but ultimately we rest in the fact that God is in control. Um, we don't, you know, look to God blaming him for what's happening. We look to him saying, you know, God, I, whatever reason we're in this situation, God, I'm thankful that you're in control of the storm that we're in. Um, and we rest in that, um, that he's using this, as you said, Ariel, um, for us. So I have a question for Mitch. Um, what do you do whenever because in missions, I know that you have a lot of interactions with people in the community and even people within our church family. How do you encourage them when, um, when maybe they just haven't fully like trusted that God can still be good and use hard things? Um, like, what do you do when someone asks the question, like, how can I love a God who is inflicting or allowing so much evil? If he's not causing it, why is he allowing it? So, so typically when I'm interacting with people who are in the midst of tremendous struggle or the world has just, um, just beaten them down, you know, if it's, they're financially poor, they're sick, they're dealing with disease. Um, the first thing that they're recognizing, and I think this is what we've Mm -hmm. all caught ourselves in is how little control we actually have. Um, so I don't, I don't find that they're, they're wanting to gain control back I think they're wanting to find rest in whomever actually is in control. Um, And so often it's just encouraging them. You know, we talk a lot about, you know, in membership and in foundation, um, just God being transcendent. But when, when, when we can't handle things inside our world, we have to look to something that's outside of our world. And, and so for me, it's encouraging people, you know, Hey, like look to God's word, look to what God says about himself um, trust in his character, um, look to the history of the world, look to the, um, just the narrative of scripture yeah, and, and his promises. Yeah. And look to God's promises to you and trust in something that's outside of yourself because clearly you don't have the control to handle this yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's, we live in America where many of us, like we, we are in control most of the time we feel in control of our circumstances, mm-hmm. but guess what? None of us can control the stock market. None of us, um, really have a grasp on the control of the spread of this disease. And what we're finding now, it's hard for us to even control our own families when we're all shoved in a home f- together for a week. And so we, we, we've all came to the spot where we are submitting ourselves to having no control. And so, you know, rather than like, like if someone's going to choose to be mad at God and they're just going to sit there, um, that's, that's where it's something where you can't, you can't just convince them to change their mind. But what you can do is to say, Hey, how has it been working to resting on your own abilities? Like how far are we getting by trusting in ourselves? You know, just like Chris was saying, you know, like 
man, I, I'm even in the midst of this, it's like I'm waking up anxious. I'm waking up struggling. I'm waking up hurting. If I just lean on myself, you know, just to even get through today's decisions, it's like we're not going to get anywhere. So I've got to look to something that's outside of myself um, that can, you know, um, provide just the support, the peace um, that I don't have, I don't possess. Um, and so I, I typically find that when people are, people are broken down, um, they're more willing to actually turn to God. And I think for many of us, that's why, that's why we're saying, you know, Hey, for us, like we, this may be one of the real, real first trials in our lives. You know, I know for, in my lifetime, we've seen nothing like this. You know, I mean, nine 11 was unique. Um, but, but this is different, you know, like, like I didn't have to stay home, you know, in nine 11, um, everybody was fearful, but it wasn't something that like it was, it happened. And then there was a response right now. We don't know what's coming, you know? And so I think we have to prepare ourselves to trust in God because we can't trust in our news source. We can't trust in information. Um, all we can do is rely on something that's greater than this world. Um, the, the, the God who is the Lord of the storm, as Scott said, I know I, I love what Scott said. So he said, um, we cannot control the storm and we cannot control the Lord of the storm <laughs> either. Um, that, that God is, uh, you know, as much as we try to, you know, and that, and that's part of the thing is it's like, we wrestle with how can, how can I grab as, as much control as I possibly can in these times of uncertainty? And, and I think that's the temptation that we, that we end up getting into, um, is just trying to, trying to get a stranglehold on things. Um, in, in ways that, uh, end up just making things worse. And so, um, so much of our ability to resist that temptation comes back to trusting that God is in control and that he is good. Um, and it's, and it's, and it's just relying on that and trusting in that. The big question, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just saying, and like you were saying earlier, Chris, you know, in your definition of faith, faith not being a feeling, yeah. what that means for us is that our feelings are also not a marker of us having faith, like you were saying. So like, you know, like to, to be blunt, it's like, you know, I'm waking up more anxious than I have in a long time. Yeah. But it's like, I don't, I don't lean into that anxiety and say, due to the fact that I'm feeling anxious, I lack faith. It's turning right. back to God and resting in something that's outside of my anxiety. Now, there's, you know, there's things we can do to deal with that. But ultimately, I think it's it's not leaning into the feeling. Yeah. You know, it's looking to something that's outside of that. I'm totally. curious. So sorry for cutting you off there. I just No, no, no just, that's good. I think the, the question coming back to Ariel, what you were asking here is, is, is almost the question of why, right? Like, why is this happening? You know, if, if this is the logic that I run through in my head and I don't know if I'm, because I'm, I'm trying to piece all this together sometimes too. So, you know, we believe that God is omnipotent, right? Like he's all powerful. All right. And that means that God can do anything that he wants. Um, but, and, and, and if God could do anything that he wants, that means that he could stop the storms that we're going through. He could stop the coronavirus. Be good. Right. But when he doesn't stop the storms, that means that he's doing so according to his will. So when bad things happen and we have an omnipotent God, then God is doing, he's, he's allowing it. And it's not even just like, like passively permitting it. He's, he's, 
uh, really intentionally um, permitting it to, to happen, but he's doing it for a reason. And the question we come back to is why? Like if God truly loves us, then what's the reason? Um, uh, one of the things I want to point you guys to, have you guys ever read this book? This is called Why Do I Suffer? It's by uh, John Curid. Have you guys ever read that yes. book? Uh, you read you, it. You, you made me read it. That's so right. I did. I tell you, yeah. You, you. <laughs> um, this is going to be my recommendation for the day. Uh, Why Do I Suffer by John Curid. Um, it's a short little book. It's about 150 pages, um, uh, small book. But um, uh, one of the things that he gets to is some of the reasons why uh, suffering happens in the world. And I, I just want to mention three of them. Um, he talks about discipline being one of them. So sometimes um, God uses suffering in our life to discipline us in order to bring us back to him. And so um, for, for some of us, you know, that's that's the situation that, that we're in right now. We may be finding ourselves in that. Yeah, I want to cut in, ask you the difference between discipline and punishment, because I think that's probably two definitions that we often twine together. Um, but they make it, 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 there's a big difference, right? Absolutely. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, you, you know the answer. You can, <laughs> you can answer that. Yeah, no, I, I okay, how would, sure. How would, um, how would you do it? Go for it. Well, I guess whenever I think of God being a loving father, as he said in his word, um, that he is training us. Um, and that's that's essentially what we're doing with our kids. If you're a parent, you know, that as you're disciplining your child, you're showing them the wrong way to do something and the right way to do something. And, um, and you're trying to do this to get results, um, hoping mm -hmm. that your child will turn into a contributing member of society, right? Um, right. And I think it's similar, only God does it out of um, perfection, you know, that he is perfect and he is completely good. Um, and so he never disciplines out of, out of um, selfish, evil anger, um, as maybe, you know, you and I have out of being parents. Um, but he's training us essentially to do, um, to do his will and to conform us into the image of his son. And, yeah. Um, I think that that's, that's something to keep in mind whenever we're going through hard trials is that he's, um, he is preparing us for who he wants us to be. Absolutely. And I mean, and importantly with that too, is punishment, um, is not something that God does to his people because Christ, right. Christ took the punishment for us. So, so the, the punishment that we deserve for sin, God is not going to punish us and punish Christ. That would be unjust on his part. And so because of that, um, we can be assured that if we're going through a time of discipline, it is not punishment. Um, it is because of the love of God that he is strengthening us and, and, um, and trying to correct us. Um, I think that's huge. So yeah, great point, Ariel. Thank you. Um, so he, he talked about discipline. He also talks about this other idea of being conformed into the image of Christ. That's right out of uh, Romans chapter eight, right? Um, that that he uh, that his people are conformed uh, to to uh, their, to become uh, someone who is in the image of Christ, and that's that we're going to be driven to our knees to pray more. That that we're our our faith is going to be increased. That that um, there's things that we're going to we're going to grow in um, in the midst of all this stuff. Um, 
let me just pause there for a second. How have you guys seen this um, maybe in your own life or in your family or in the people that you've been interacting with? No, I would, I would just say for me, um, I've just been drawn more to thinking of the spiritual things because I'm recognizing just the frailty of my body. Um, you know, I mean, I, I don't know about, I don't know about you guys, but I, I, um, you know, I had pneumonia a month ago. I mean, it was like late January and I had pneumonia and there's a part of me that it's like, I've not really ever felt like I've fully recovered. Um, and you know, so I'm constantly aware of my body and I know I've, I've talked to many people that they're like, Oh wait, tickle in my throat. Maybe I have the virus, you know, and, and we find ourselves doing these things. Um, and you know, as I'm more aware of the frailty of my body, it reminds me to turn more to spiritual things. Um, it reminds me to turn to Christ in prayer. Um, you know, I've seen some incredible things just as it relates to spiritual disciplines, you know, praying for your friends and your neighbors when you're washing your hands. Cause we all are doing that all the time. Um, you know, and, and I've, and I've found That's a good idea. I hadn't heard that before. <laughs> yeah, no, no. And it's like, and, and I've found myself, um, recognizing that, yes, I am fearful. Yes. My, at times my body, I'm more alert to what's going on with me physically, but at the same time, I'm turning those things back to the Lord. It's forcing, um, kind of a continual reliance on God for things. Um, even specifically in work as it relates to local ministry, you know, last, last weekend, you know, Sunday night when I went to bed and I was just praying, I was like, all right, you know, first I was doing my typical problem where I'm like, all right, what good ideas do you got, Mitch? And, and I was trying to think of things we could do to help our church and our community. And, and I, I, I mean, I had nothing, you know, I was like, I don't really know, like, like what can we do? You know? And then I kind of spent some time in prayer, kind of talked to some other people, seeked counsel and really just tried to lean in. Okay. Like what is, what does God have for us in this season? And, um, and yeah, and it's like, I wish I could tell you that that's the way that I've approached every day of ministry my entire life, but I would, <laughs> but I would be, I would be lying. Um, even, yeah. even in ministry, there's a tendency to rely on ourselves. And I think in this season, there's, there's just not, there just doesn't seem to be a lot of room for that. Um, and so I also find myself reaching out to friends, to people more, um, believers, non-believers, um, just, you know, striving to say, hey, you know, where are you at? How are you doing? You know, and, and a lot of people, they just lack hope. And so trying to share with them, you know, the hope that I have, even in the midst of, you know, not feeling normal, <laughs> being worried, you know, but the hope and knowing that God's in control um, and whatever things look like on the other side of this, um, that God is good, um, that God is for us, um, that God's growing us. And so I would say the main thing, that's a really long way to say just there's a forced reliance on God um, in the midst of constantly um, being worried, constantly thinking, constantly seeing bad news, that this season has, you know, as you said, Chris, has brought us to our knees. Um, it's caused us to have to rely on him. So I think it's just turning to him rather than turning back to those things. Um, I'll, ask, I'll say one more thing. So what my I, I've said this a few times to our team, but, you know, Sunday morning from 8 to noon is the best time that I see social media because, you know, what what's going on there is it's like the news disappears and all you see is pe- people that are focusing on worshiping God. 
um, in this new weird digital format. And it's like, if we could take that same practice and apply that to our lives, you know, ignore the news and turn to God. Um, I mean, that's what I think we need to be doing in this season. And I'm struggling to do that myself, but I find that when I am, that's where the piece is. So I totally agree. I mean, man, the, you know, the whole idea of like the harvest being plentiful, I, I, I think that that is very true right now. You know, there are so many people who are living, um, in a lot of fear and without hope right now. And as the church, um, this is a, this is a chance for the church to say, you know, we, um, are not held by the fear of death and the fear of the coronavirus and the fear of the economy. Um, we're not, we're not held by those things. We're not mm. captivate, uh, captive to those things because, um, our hope is in something bigger. And that's something that I think the world is seeking and, um, really desires right now that we would, um, you know, share that hope with other people. You know, if you're listening to this, I, I hope that you get a chance to share that hope that you mm-hmm. have with, uh, family members, your neighbors, coworkers, friends, um, just show them that there's, there's nothing to fear because we have a God who does love us and who is the Lord of the storm that, that we're going through right now. Um, uh, so, I wanted to to point out one one last thing that um, John Curid talked about and about like why why do we go through this? So he talked about discipline. He talked about this idea of conform being conformed to the image of Christ. But the last one he talks about is just for God's glory. So what would that look like? What would that look like if we are going to live for the glory of God in the middle of all this? Um, if, if we recognize if we're recognizing daily that our purpose is to bring glory to him and not for our own comfort, our own peace, our own security. What would that look like? Well, um, you know that I, that all three of us love God's word um, and are big proponents of like reading it. (laughs) And I think we have a lot of time on our hands right now where we could do that. I think one way we could um, live for God's glory is by making that part of our lives more regularly um, people say quiet time, which is sometimes a, a um, laughable thing if you're home with kids or home with um, other people in your house. But um, right now, um, the Stones Crossing Church Facebook page has a Philippians um, read-along going on where um, Adam is just posting a passage of scripture each day, and we're, we're talking about it. We're digging into God's Word. I think that's where we're going to see Him, see God at His, um, at his work um, where he's revealed the things that he um, can be trusted for. And I think if we start to build that base of, um, of, of history, just knowing who he is and what he has done, um, it'll help inform our future of what, who he is and what he's going to do. I think that would glorify him. I definitely think that's the foundation too, is what you're saying. So Chris, I had two thoughts as I was listening to you talk. I was thinking about back when we did our Solas series a couple, essentially it's, you know, all things point um, towards God's glory. Um, And I think that's a reminder. So it's really just focusing on everything that you're doing. You know, how, how are you glorifying God in the time that you're spending with your family? How are you glorifying God with your time in general? You know, like like Ariel saying, how can we redeem this time where we're at home? 
Um, can we spend time in the word? Can we draw our families um, to things that are away from the chaos, um, away from the worry, away from the fear? I saw, I've seen a few posts to this light, but I've seen some things where people are talking about what are your kids going to remember on the other side of this? You know, is this the time where mom and dad were glued to their phone, where they were glued to their screen? Or is this the time where they got to spend time with mom and dad? Um, you know, is this the time where your family was drawn towards scripture together? What did this season look like for them? What will they remember? Um, and I don't, I'm not saying that to put the weight on you, but I think those are the kind of questions that can say, how can we glorify God in the time that we have now? The second thing is just thinking about our church vision. Um, I always come back to this just, you know, for me, it's, you know, as we belong in the family of God, as we're becoming like Christ, we move beyond ourselves to love others. And, and so to me, that is the, you know, we're trying to live in such a way that we're bringing glory to God. So how are we helping those around us? How are we, you know, serving those in our neighborhood, our family, our community? Um, how are we taking all this that God's given us in this current situation, in this current state, and turning to say, how can God be glorified through my actions? I think that's exactly right. I mean, we're talking about, this is, like we are saying, like, this is a time when people are so looking for that hope. And um, what an opportunity for Christians to go out there and because we have the best hope there is, you know, to get out there and actually talk to people about this sort of stuff um, to show them that um, that we don't that we don't have those same fears that that they do. But but we um, have a greater hope um, because of what Christ has done because of what he's done in us. And I think, you know, I, I've, I've seen some stories of like people who are um, like right when this started happening over in China. um there's a, a pastor named uh, Francis Chan. You've probably heard of him. And he he moved uh, his whole family to China, to Hong Kong, and uh, began to minister over there. Um, and basically, he's going around. He's got uh, face masks. And he was saying, like, he was just going around and giving face masks to people and um, and just telling them about the love of God. And, and what he was saying was is that people are responding back, like, why aren't you afraid? And he's like, well, I'm a, he's like, I don't have a fear of death because of what Christ has done for me. <laughs> so, um, and so it's just incredible that, um, you know, it, it's, it's stuff like that. Like we don't have to go to China to do that. That's happening here right now, um, with our neighbors and, and coworkers and friends and, and just to be able to continue to share that with people, um, uh, this is the opportunity, <laughs> really the opportunity of a lifetime for the gospel to spread, for the kingdom to grow. And last, uh, we hope that you'll join us next week. We're going to be back here on Wednesday uh, with a new episode talking about next week's sermon. And so we will hopefully see you then on the Sunday recap. <laughs>